Once again, it's on, man. People Champ Radio, we back in the building. Roy Max, the big homie Cash. Cash, what's going down, man? It's Cash, baby. It's another day, another dollar, man. You know what I'm talking about? PCR, we back up in here, man, on a Sunday. Y'all know what to do by now, man. Hit that YouTube channel up, People's Champ Radio. Make sure you hit right there and you rate, comment, subscribe. Hit that bell note, uh, that bell icon to get notified when that new ish is going to be dropping. Y'all already know that we over there in iTunes sections of, uh, we over there in the podcast sections of iTunes. We over there as well. And then iHeartRadio, we coming. No Chaser Radio, that's the movement. F-E-D-D-P-C, that's the plug. Shout out to the homies. Hey man, what's 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 before we get into the sports cash? Let me let me hit you with this, man. What's it was something online a few days ago, right? Where they were coming up with in terms of I don't know if it was strictly hip hop, but for, for the purposes of this, it's gonna be hip hop. What they were coming up with this whole thing of what was the best three consecutive albums released by an artist, right? So mm-hmm. it may be like. Uh, you know, like the Kanye West run when he his first three joints, the dropout, late registration, and, and and graduation, right? They had that three run. Then he had some Jay Z three three runs of his, you know, three albums. If you had to pick an artist, just just like straight hip hop shit right now, what would be like the best run that you can remember? To, oh, and maybe not even the best, but the run that like you like the best. You know what I'm saying? Of somebody you right. fucked with that had like a two three album run where you were like, yo, this shit is. Like consecutively, this is that shit. You feel me? Absolutely. Um, I mean, man, it depends on what mood you in, man. I think uh I think I think Jeezy, you know, cause Thug Motivation One on One was such a classic album. I agree, that's a classic joint. And then he hit the re- the recession. It was just like I couldn't believe he was able to keep that same energy. I think that I was shocked. I was impressed. The project was an unbelievable project. Um, obviously, man, Kanye, he was really in his bag. He was right. really, really just like tapping into his own genius in those those albums that he dropped. Um, you know why I thought this topic was cool when I saw it? Because a lot of stuff is online. Mm-hmm. It's kind of goofy. I thought right. this was cool, though, because I was like, you know what? What you said was the thing that I thought made it cool is that, man, when you hear such a when you hear somebody drop a classic joint, right? When you hear a a, a college dropout, you're like, damn, that shit's crazy. When you hear a uh, what's the joint that T.I. did with all the with all the hot shit on it when the the, the first like real King, King yeah. I think it was King. Maybe. When you hear that shit, you're like, yo, this shit is crazy. And then yep. when they're able to backdoor that shit with some other crazy, you're like, yo, hold on. Like you said, he was able to keep able to come back again and hit him like that. Let yeah, me give you man. mine, who I thought had a crazy run, right? And he kind of mm-hmm. came, when he came in, he came in so hard, and he kept that same level. That was DMX, man. People forget about the run that X had when he came out. He Absolutely. Came, bro, X came out and started dropping albums, and it was just like, hold on, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, you got another joint already? You feel me? Yep. And all of them had bangers. You dig what I'm saying? All of them had bangers, and it was... It was crazy when that X came out because, you know, the, the way he raps, his delivery is so aggressive already. You feel me? And it puts you in such a, you know, it, it puts you in that mood like, OK, we finna, you know, it's, it, it gets you rowdy. It gets you ready. You feel me? Right. And, uh, man, I like that DMX run. I, th- I always thought that his run was underappreciated. Because when I first heard that, I mean, what's the first joint was it? Um, Like the blood of my blood, I think was the first joint, right? Uh-huh. 
And then he had that, then there was X. And when I remember hearing then there was X, I was like, oh my God. But Yeah, I mean, listen, that man, DMX, he had an unbelievable run as well. One of my favorite artists of all time, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at the, the uh, you know, how the albums drop, but just off the top of my head, definitely those artists. I think there's too many artists to name, real talk, I mean, because I could probably go down to, uh, I think, you know, for me, Pusha T, you know, uh, after he dropped My Name Is My Name, you um, know, what's the name of his mixtape, man? He dropped right afterwards. It's just like his his projects have been very high quality, back to back, you know, um, so it's just a lot of artists, man, that, uh, you know, for me, and have yeah, been able shout to. Out, shout out to the know. artists, because when you're able to do that, I think that now we're talking about, or I think that's when you really separate, like, the artists from dudes who out here just kind of rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, he can rap. He had a couple high tracks on the joint. But Definitely. artists, you know what I'm saying? Artists are giving you the ones that's, that's giving you project after project, especially when you give me a couple projects in a row, man. So that's some quick hip-hop shit, you dig? Absolutely, absolutely. Some quick hip hop shit, dog. So shout out to my to my hip hop cats out there. You feel me? I know it's a lot of shit going on right now in hip hop, but you know, people chant radio. We talk about everything, man. Let's get to some uh to some sports talks. Uh uh, some sports some sports shit right now, man. I'm seeing to borrow a phrase from the great poet one Snoop Doggy Dog with so much drama in the LBC. Right? It's so much shit going on right now, man. Every time well, I turn right. around. Um, so let's just kind of go quickly through some stuff that's going on and then we're going to zero in on some stuff. So you got all the draft combine stuff going on, uh, with the NFL draft. You got teams making moves right now, trading players, releasing players in the NFL. You got the NBA who is, this is the time of the year where the NBA, it really starts to take focus. You know who the real contenders are, who the pretenders are right now. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of taking center stage, how everything is shaping up there, right? You got, this is March. So here come the here come the college boys, the young bulls, right? Here, here, here they come with the March Madness and all that popping off, and everybody's trying to figure out who the lottery picks are going to be in 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 the NBA draft. Um, then you turn around and you look and you say, "Damn, boxing has been on fire so far to start off 2018." If you didn't, if anybody didn't watch that Mikey Garcia fight last night, that was a good fight. If you if if you a dude that say you like to see dudes standing there and let their hands go, that was a good fight for you last night. That was a good fight. Got some more heavyweight fights coming up. So a lot of shit going on right now, man. You feel what I'm saying? Um, I want to talk about this NFL shit though first, Cash Dog. What's the C- C- the Seahawks over there, man? Cleaning house? Is this a page out of the uh, out of the the Patriots playbook where you trade right. guys maybe a, a year or so before they're completely done? You feel me? Yep. Um, with the Seahawks, man, this goes back to um, the the Marshawn Lynch, you know, uh, play, right? Oh, you, you going back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, you got to um, mm. because ever, ever since that, just the chemistry's been off. Uh, Earl Thomas has talked about retiring or, you know, not no longer playing. Um, I just feel like there's no trust within the organization anymore. I think Pete Carroll and his staff, they pulled the the Golden State Warriors trick on everybody. Um, everybody thought the Golden State Warriors were, quote, unquote, on ahead, of the game, ahead of the game. You had people out of that Golden State organization talking about how they were ahead of the game and nobody's doing it like them and, because they had like a really good two-year run, right? Um, the reality for Golden State is they got lucky. 
A lot of people got injured their first run. Second run, they got their ass tore up, and then they got Kevin Durant. So when I look at the Seahawks, <laughs> yeah, they got their ass tore up. And then they added the the best or second best mm-hmm. player in the world, depending on what day of the week it is. But go ahead. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> they got their ass tore up. Then they have added Kevin Durant. Now they're the smartest people in the room again. So <laughs> I look at the Seahawks. They did the same shit. You know, they had something incredible building there. People start saying they were the Patriots of the of the uh, uh, NFC, and they tooted their own horn. Uh, you know, three years too early. They should have let Marshawn Lynch ride it out. Um, they they should have allowed him to run himself into the ground as they continue to you know uh, get other uh, running backs to take his place ultimately. But they tried to get him out of the door three years too early. And it backfired. They lost the Super Bowl. They lost the confidence of the defense because the defense is what uh, propelled the Seahawks. It wasn't the offense. It wasn't Russell Wilson that propelled them. Russell Wilson was a great catalyst to what the defense was doing. But Russell Wilson on offense, he didn't propel that team. It was always running game, uh, Marshawn Lynch, and that defense. That was the personality of the Seattle. That that was what intimidated opponents when they played them was that, damn, they got Marshawn, he going to pound it, and then they got that fucking defense who going to hit us. You get me? But then they decided to hand the reins over to Russell Wilson. I played too early. He throws an interception. They lose the Super Bowl. I know it's the play. No one ever talks about the fact that Russell Wilson actually threw that interception, right? Everybody continuously talks about, why the fuck did they not hand the ball off to Marshawn Lynch? That's the problem. So they've been limping on ever since. They have the talent. That's why they haven't completely failed. And that division has been trash up until now, right? It looks like the division's on a comeback with the Rams, the Niners. Um, Cardinals still struggling. But they have three really, really strong teams now in that division. Obviously, the Seahawks are one of them. But they're, to me, they're slowly uh, – it's a slow death for Seattle, and it's unfortunate, man, but we've seen this before. People got to quit, quit mentioning the Patriots' name, right? We've never seen what they're doing ever in the history of football. They're doing things that the Celtics did in basketball in, what, the 60s, the 70s? Um, they're just doing something that we've never seen. I never thought that this could happen in the NFL. I mean, they're dominating – the Patriots in the NFL, like Bama dominated in college, and maybe more than Bama actually dominated in college from an NFL perspective. Um, so when people mention the Patriots, I really do get confused because they're acting like, you know, like this isn't an anomaly. Like this isn't something that's exceptional beyond the history of sports. Which is what the Patriots are doing in regards to the difficulty, the level of difficulty to, to succeed in the NFL Um it's to me, it's the most impressive thing in sports that I've witnessed probably in my lifetime, if I'm being honest. I've been impressed with their health because uh, in the NFL, health plays such a huge role because you got some teams who probably should have won some Super Bowls or made deeper playoff runs. But health can derail it. You get, you know, one or two key guys injured and that's pretty much the end of the season. You know what I mean? You get a quarterback or a running back hurt or you get a couple guys, you know, a couple key dudes on defense hurt. And now all of a sudden you're trying to get ready for the draft. You feel me? The Patriots, man, you look through uh, the one year, obviously, when Brady got hurt. Um, shit, they still won, what, 11 games that year? 
Right. Yeah, they won eleven and five. Yep. <laughs> you feel me? So I mean, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to do with that. People are gonna say, oh, they didn't. They because I think that's the year that they uh, didn't make the playoffs. But I mean, it went eleven and five. Right. It went eleven and five. <laughs> you know yeah. Don't, don't try to dismiss <laughs> the fact that they won eleven football games. I yeah. mean, the Giants made the playoffs and they went a nine and seven. So yeah. you know. Hey, but let me go back to the uh, something you brought up with the Seahawks because I think it's interesting and I think it's worth spending some time on. Um, anybody who's ever played team sports. Um, you know that the coaches, um, it's two ways you can, you can pick captains, right? In sports, you can have, let the team vote on who's the captain or the coach and the coaching staff can pick the captains, right? Um, on most teams, it's kind of clear or easy to see. And, and, and usually the coaches pick would line up with the players pick. I think with the Seahawks, it was one of those situations where clearly the coaches and organization wanted Russell Wilson to be the guy, to be the face of the team. Yep. And from a team standpoint, everybody on that team, probably including Russell Wilson, really rallied behind Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Everybody on that team really – I mean, I, I, don't, I can't really recall seeing a defense feed off a running back the way that that team fed off of Marshawn. And – it's it's definitely unprecedented. I, I would say the closest thing that I, I probably you'll probably see would have probably been Jerome Bettis with the Steelers. Right, right. And you know his personality mirrored the defense, and it would have been Jamal Lewis with those Ravens. Right, and but, you know what's but funny? Of the three, I would still say Marshawn Lynch and, and you know, Frank Gore with the 49ers, By the way, and but what's yeah. interesting, especially in those first two dudes you named, both of them had trash quarterbacks when those teams were really rallying behind them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Wilson Wilson was a guy. Obviously, no one's going to shit on Wilson's ability, right? The motherfucker can nah, play. Nah, huge fan, huge yeah. fan of Russell. The motherfucker huge. can play, but from just a team standpoint, Marshawn was the heart and soul of that team, and you could see immediately. Not only did Pete Carroll lose the players um, in the locker room, I mean, he he lost trust, he lost credibility. I mean, yeah. immediately guys come out and started the next season. They started in games questioning play calling. You feel what I'm yep. saying? They yep. just because it it I would love and, and I know, you know, because of, uh, of Russell Wilson's personality, he probably won't talk about it now. It'll probably be something maybe he may get in depth to. I'm talking really in depth um, right. when he's retired. I want to really know because you like, like you said, no one ever talks about the fact that, hey, fuck the play call. Wilson did throw the pick, though. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No they one ever talks pick. about that. And I really want to know what, you know, if anything, what his thought was when that when that call comes in. Because I agree with you. Everything with the Seahawks to this point, with those trades and releases, everything about that goes back to that Super Bowl and that Absolutely. one play call. Because understand, and this is why we talk about this a lot right here on PCR, how little things that happen in sports literally change the dynamic of history. You feel what I'm saying? Because... It's no reason, absolutely no reason that the Seahawks shouldn't have won that Super Bowl that year. Now you look at the team, that's a two-time Super Bowl team. Russell Wilson's a two-time Super Bowl champion. That may even end the run for the Patriots at that point. You feel what I'm saying? That may be like, you know what? We came here, we lost again. Hey, listen, we're out of here. You know what I'm saying? We're done with this. We're just not good enough. Yeah, we're just not good enough. You feel me? And and but it didn't. And, you know, it's 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 crazy, but I don't think I'm trying to wreck my brain right now. In basketball, you don't have it because of the flu- of of how fluid the game is, and it really doesn't hinge that much because of the point values. It really doesn't hinge that much on one specific instance. Obviously, you got the you know the late game shots, but that's a little bit different. This situation was something in which a single play call 
literally changed everybody on the field's future. I'm talking coaches, players, everybody changed over that one play call. I don't know if I can ever go back to a single moment that I can recall in sports that represented that big of a change, you know what I mean, historically. Um, right. With such it a terrible to, call. It, it, it was an yeah. absolutely horrible play call, bro. Yeah, it didn't make it didn't make sense. And, you know, for anybody trying to logically explain, like, what they were like, it's all bullshit because what happened was the Patriots came out and said they were shocked. Um, they said that at that point they conceded that the, the uh, Seahawks was going to score, uh, you know, on a run. And what they were going to do was then was just try to allow them to score fast as they could so, pay, you know, Brady could get the ball back, which makes 100% sense from, you know, from uh, the Patriots' standpoint, right? Seen, like, and we've seen that before in Super Bowls. Not just in games, right. in Super Bowls, we've seen that strategy before. And if you look at that play, um, they were playing soft coverage, which is why he was in the pocket <laughs> to pick it off, right? Because he's already back, like, yo, they, you know, this is, I'm chill. I'm not bumping and running. Right. Had, had he been bumping and running, he probably would have scored. Uh, but here's the deal, man. When I look at that play, and again, I, I hate when I see coaches try to come on the show, right, the, these shows and, you know, really try to, oh, well, you know, you guys don't know football because, you know, man, shut the fuck up. You hand the fucking football off, bro. You're on the one. You're not going to try to outdo me on this one. And a lot of instances I say, you know what, you're a coach. You know what the fuck's going on. In that instance, I don't care what coach. It, it could be Vince Lombardi. It could be Belichick. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who you are. You hand that fucking football off, man. That's the equivalent of it being three seconds on a clock, and you like, yeah, you know, we let we let uh, Dennis Rodman, you know what I'm saying, take it up the court. Because, <laughs> like, don't get the ball to Michael Jordan, man, and get the fuck out the way. You get me? So it's certain times in sports, bro, where shit ain't even that deep. You get me? Where there's no thinking, and and on that play, they literally sabotage the future of a franchise because they try to simultaneously shut up Marshawn Lynch and hand over the reins to Russell Wilson. And that shit is much deeper because Marshawn Lynch was having an MVP-type run pre-Super Bowl. See, people don't remember this. And this is why it's more important to be able to witness history for yourself versus reading it. Because if you're just reading it, you're like, ah, man, y'all niggas reaching, dog. If you look at the play right here, all he had, you know what I'm saying? But, like, if you watch the whole build-up, Marshawn Lynch was the bad guy. The Super Bowl had no other stories at that point. The Patriots... People weren't really even talking about the Patriots at that point. They were really wondering if Seattle was the new dominant of the NFL, if they were the new it team, and they were for a hot second. But more importantly, they were trying to son Marshawn Lynch, right? They were trying to make him somebody's nigger, and he wasn't having it. And because they couldn't do that, they tried to make this guy somehow a bad person but not wanting to answer stupid-ass questions at, like, irrelevant uh, press conferences, right? These are the same press conferences um, pre-Super Bowl in which women reporters come in fucking wedding gowns asking players to marry them. <laughs> That's a fucking mockery, bro. Like, if I'm an NFL player, I get with the NFL PA and say, listen, fam, if y'all want to have real reporters ask me some real fucking questions, I'm cool with that. But to have females come up here in wedding dresses asking men to fucking marry them, that's a mockery of what my job is. These men are millionaires. You know what I'm saying? These men are businessmen. And like, we got little mockery shit. Like, this is a, it's a fucking clown show. But then they want Marshawn Lynch to talk, right? 
And again, there is 50, what, 50, 55 man roster? Right, it's 54 right. more fucking people you can answer questions. If that brother didn't want to talk to you, keep it pushing. But again, it became it became a power thing. We're going to make this nigga show up, right, yeah. and force him and force him to be here even if he's uncomfortable, even if he doesn't want to because we can. But that's a whole nother conversation about the NFL. The Seahawks kiss the baby. They, 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 it's just a monumental mistake. They'll have a thirty for thirty. We know that, right? Like, it, oh yeah, it'll be a it's big. It's coming deal. at some point. Absolutely, it'll be a big deal because they literally sabotage what could have been something epic. Could have been special out there, man. I mean, think about it. go up and down that roster. Really, the only position that they didn't have like bosses at was would be receiver. Yep, and they didn't need it. Yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't need it. They didn't even and then, need and, it. And, and another big mistake they made, they traded a franchise offensive lineman for uh, Jeremy Graham. That's right. Which which was made no sense. Like, they didn't need Jeremy Graham. You know what I mean? Like, that's not even the type of football they played. And that lets you know they were going towards a different type of football because Jeremy Graham's not a blocking tight end. You need a blocking tight end for that Marshall Lynch, type, Marshall Lynch offense. So last point I want to make is that what happened with Seattle was really simple. They knew they were going to have to pay Russell. They wanted to justify it by having him throw the game-winning touchdown. Hey, we're handing him the keys to the franchise. You get me? So, listen, man, you bet on you, – you, you did it three years too early, and now you got a headache. Yeah, now let me end it with this point. Um, like you were talking about in the regular season, in that Super Bowl, Marsha – listen, that game – if Russell MVP. Wilson, yeah, if Russell Wilson throws the the touchdown pass, he probably they probably are able to justify giving him the MVP. But if they mm -hmm. hand that ball off to Marshawn Lynch and he scores again, clearly he's the MVP, and that's a, you know, and that's a, and now you have this guy who has defied defied the big bad NFL not only all season but also the entire week leading up to the Super Bowl, right? He's right. done what he's wanted to do. He's eating Skittles, right? He's doing his thing. He's being him, and now he is. Literally the face, right? Because now, are you gonna go to Marshawn Lynch and ask him to do the whole he's going to Disneyland thing? Like, like what happens now? You feel what I'm saying? Um, because he's now the MVP of uh, of the Super Bowl. That's the biggest thing y'all got, and yep. that guy's the MVP. That would have been deep. And and they I, didn't they didn't they didn't want that. No, that ultimately they no. did not want that. No, they didn't. They they didn't want that to happen. Man. It's trivial. It's funny. People who are listening probably like, come on, man, that shit ain't that deep, bro. It's it is that deep. They literally threw a Super Bowl away because of that. So, you know, look at them. They're well, limping right now. They're limping along right now. And the people who, 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 who would think that way, right, these would be the people um, that I would tell to go watch the movie The Matrix, right, when they say, so you, <laughs> my man Morpheus told, <laughs> told Neo when they were doing a little fight simulation, he said, yeah. he said, hey, so you think that's air you're breathing right now, huh? Interesting. You did? <laughs> Interesting. Huh? You think that you're huffing and puffing and you're breathing air. You think that's real. Okay. All right. Bro, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, yeah, man. Speaking it's what of, it is. Speaking of movies, man, Black Panther officially, I believe, I think I saw the other day, officially over a billion dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, in a short period of time, too. That's, that thing's only been out, what, two, about three weeks now? I think three weeks has been out. And Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they hit and they hit a billion. Um. So, you know, I mean, that that shows the the 
I'm always amazed by how, how well those movies do. And I probably should stop being amazed because, and the reason I say I'm amazed because, again, I'll say in this platform, I'm not a superhero uh, guy. I just, just never seen what I was into. So I'm always like, man, those movies do real well. <laughs> you feel me? I'm always like, but mm-hmm. I get it. You know what I'm saying? It's a huge audience out there for it. Um, and, and they continue to basically, those, those movies print money. You know what I'm saying? Um, Absolutely, and they're about to like the next one is already ready to go, right? It's like the one where like everybody's coming together, like the Black Panther and everybody, all everybody. Absolutely. Like, so yep. that's already like coming, and so they finna hit y'all in the head again, man. So look at them kind of numbers. So you know that's crazy. But uh, well, I think I think what gets missed, and it and even with these movies, it's a lot deeper than what people think it is. Break it down. What gets what gets missed is that you know there are no more action movies. Mm, oh, you're talking about like those old school, like Sylvester Stallone, Action yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Swart- okay, Van- I got you. Van Damme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Damme. Um, That's a I mean, good point. Man, the list goes on. There are no more action, uh, you know, there are no more action movies. That's a good These point. are the new action movies, right? So that's all it's about. It's what not- do you think happened to the action movies? Um, Individual uh, characters, right? Um, The, you know, the rocks of the world, those guys can't really carry the mantle um, as like being the it guy anymore. You know what's funny? I think what happened to it are the comic movies. You kind of replaced it, right. Let me, let me, I mean, you you know what's crazy? I, I may be reaching on this one, but if you really think about it, I think the Matrix fucked the game up. Neo, right? Keanu Reeves, was probably the last, outside of that comic shit, was probably the last huge action hero. If we really go down, it was like in the late 90s, right? Right. Think about it, bro. So what happened was the Matrix ushered in this new action hero, this not-so-muscular guy. He was a fucking nerd in a movie, right? right? He (laughs) Right. He was a computer hacker. Right, right. And this motherfucker ended up being the baddest motherfucker on the planet. You get me? So it kind of changed the landscape of yeah. how we view it, our action. It is a very and, comic book story. Yeah, it's just comic book to, to the T, sci-fi. So um, and then you start, what happens for me was I think visually, it like it, it's not the same just to see a big dude with muscles doing dope shit anymore. You get me? It's like, I, you know, we've seen that shit. You got motherfuckers flying and doing all kind of other shit. Now in comes the era of the superhero. So it's very interesting. And I think that's a hell of a point you're making. But it's weird because, you know, it's never been a time where there weren't superhero movies. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, visually, they're much better now. But it was never a time that there, and maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe that, that that's is, the point. Maybe that's the thing the is that point. visually and now yeah, they are yeah. made for a more adult audience. You know. What well, I'm listen, it's the difference between seeing Batman in some fucking uh, in, in spandex and speedo, right? Talking about he can't reach his utility belt versus <laughs> versus seeing this motherfucker in the, the the current Batman shit. You get me? Those right. are two totally different visuals aesthetically. And, and and let's keep in mind when you talk about these sci-fi movies and why they do so well, kids, right? You're gonna take your children to watch this movie. These kids are gonna show up in droves. Um, that's who's really putting the money. Like, I'm not saying adults don't go to these movies. Don't get me wrong. 
Because I, I was going to say, I was going to disagree with you there. I think it's yeah, the, I no. think it's the high school age on up. I think it's no. that high that that that. No, everybody you'd be I wrong. Know, you'd be wrong if you go to those theaters on the day one, like the Black Panthers and the right, and right. like you just talked about with um uh, uh the Affinity War movie coming out. That's Marvel come out, yeah, yeah. Family, trust me when I tell you this. You're gonna see an adult. And then you're gonna see kids from from ages seven to up. It ain't gonna be dominated by the adults. Now the Star Wars movies are more adult dominated, but these little Marvel hit, bro, the Guardians of the Galaxy, all that shit. Trust me, when I, I go to all the debuts, when I went to Batman, Superman, I was looking around like, hey, bro, the hell's going on here? Well, see, like, and the thing is, in there. I don't it's like you know me. I got, if if you know, yeah. let me break news to some people on people's channel. Not only do I, am I not into superheroes, but I don't go to the movies. And it ain't got nothing to do with no movie theater shootings. I never wanted to go to the movies. When I was dating, right. when I was out in these streets dating, listen, that would be the last uh, thing that I would suggest to a young lady. Let's go to the movies. Because I didn't want, I ain't, right. ain't the shit I do. Um, I, listen, if you get me in some place where it's some nice AC and it's dark, <laughs> hey, I'm probably taking my ass to sleep. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Right, um, right. But so I'm with you. I, I I I can't give you any evidence other than the fact that I keep seeing people online talk about have try start having comic book arguments, which I think are weird because I really don't think it's that many people that actually read those comic books. <laughs> so, um, right, because there's people I'm like, yeah, I'm like, y'all motherfuckers don't seem like y'all was out here reading comic books because the comic in industry kind of died a long a, a while a back. long time yeah. ago, right? When, <laughs> so, when the movie industry took off, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know how the fuck y'all was reading all these comic books, but okay, right? If y'all right. want to be comic heads, it's, it's, it's kind of like people who want to be quote unquote sneaker heads now, right? They just wake right. up one day and. I'm going to go buy a bunch of shoes and I'm a sneakerhead. That's kind of not really the whole thing behind it, but okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Though. I, I think your theory is very interesting because I, I can't name you any action hero movies. You know what I'm saying? With that. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it was a time those, uh, what the, from the mid 80s all the way through the 90s, those are your action heroes. I would say, yep. I would say the 80s and the 90s are dominated by these action hero movies. I mean, Sylvester Stallone and. Van Damme and 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 yep. Schwarzenegger, they played all types of you know badasses. You know what I'm saying on the screen. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah. And you're right. They don't have those types of movies anymore. So I gotta look for that, man. Maybe I should write that after I, after we finish up some books. We'll see what's happening, man. People da, sharing da, da, radio. Da, da, da. <laughs> right. da, 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 da. <laughs> People sharing radio. Roy Mac and Cash, hollering at y'all, man. Hey, so we we got into. The Seahawks in the NFL. How about this combine, man? I feel like this combine that just ended was, uh, I, if I had to pick a word, I would use uneventful for this combine. It yeah, was, man. It just seemed like, you know, like blah. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? It wasn't, you know, I I don't hear anybody like, you know, it, these quarterbacks, They it seems like they were trying. They were, trust me, the Mel Kuypers of the world, the McShays, they were trying their best to crown one of these damn quarterbacks. They, won, they wanted to suck one of them off. But right. nobody really showed anything, you know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of like me and you talk about track all the time. The one thing about track is it's not a, sub, a subjective sport that when you're viewing it. You, you know what I'm saying? With the mm -hmm. combine, that's not really subjective at the combine. You do certain things. And you get 
certain numbers for it. We all know that if you jump such, uh, a certain height, you got pretty good hops. Now, none of that to me equates to you being able to play football, but it does give you, hey, if you jump that high, hey, well, that's, you know, if he jumps 42 inches, that, that motherfucker can jump. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he can play yeah. football, but the motherfucker can jump. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Um, if you're running a, a 40 and you run a certain time, oh, that motherfucker can run. That motherfucker's pretty fast. You feel me? If you're out there throwing a football to a guy, again, I don't know if you can deliver that football when you got a 250-pound linebacker running at you with pads on and you got pads on and you got – I don't know if you can still deliver that football that way, but if you're throwing right. routes and you can get the ball to him, okay, that motherfucker get doing pretty good. And in this combine, it just was like, ugh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, a lot of off-target throws. Um, I don't know anybody – I know we talked about uh, Shaq last week. I mean, he was the only guy, and I think a lot of that was because of, you know, his 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 condition is what really put the spotlight on him, obviously, right? Absolutely. Um, but nothing else, really. You know what I mean? Even the kid from Penn State. I don't think anybody really changed their feelings. I think there were people out there that liked him coming into the draft and thought he was the one mm-hmm. to be a top pick, and they you yep. know, he didn't do anything to really change that one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Right. So Yeah, I, I think the worst thing about the combine now is that kids grow up knowing about the combine um, and seeing all the numbers. and I, I mean, Because I watched Lamar Jackson when he was throwing. Mind you, they're just throwing to wide open receivers in, in shorts and, and, and you know and t shirts. Right. Backyard shit. That's backyard shit. Yeah. Bro, backyard shit. This guy Lamar Jackson was throwing balls in the dirt. He was throwing short passes. Um, you know, they were falling short. It was weird because I was like, this brother really is feeling the pressure of the combine. And not not the game. <laughs> not, <laughs> my Iverson shit. Not the game. Bro. Not the fucking game. <laughs> the combine, man. The combine, sir. <laughs> uh, and I think that, you know, people are too aware of the combine now, the players, and they can see all the numbers now because of, you know, uh, online access. And it just waters it down. And, you know, the combine, you know how, you know, my feelings about the combine anyway. So um, I think this year um, has been probably one of the, the, the least, uh, intriguing combines. Shout out to Dallas. You know what I'm saying? We here. The <laughs> NFL draft actually going to be here in Frisco at the Star. So, you know, uh, but the combine has, it's been quiet, man. It's weird because I just feel like they're they're reaching. Instead of people being honest and being like, listen, I just don't feel like from what I've seen enough, right? Man, I could be totally wrong. Maybe I, I just haven't seen enough from either of these guys. You know, keep it pushing, but they're gonna try to make someone something that they're not. Um, but let's get into something deeper about the combine. Let's do it. And I don't know if you heard, but these questions that get asked, right? Uh, My God, bro, man, you talk about something that annoys me. Go ahead, man. My God. And listen, this just further proves my point that there's a large element of racism and white supremacy in these combines. I mean, when you're asking a man. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Hey, you on the air, Roy Mack? You good? No, nah, no, nah, we, we, we got a little something called a, called a dump button over here, man. But go ahead, man. You dig? But, um, yeah, man, listen. Uh, I. I'm just looking at the questions that they're asking these gentlemen, and I'm saying, you asking me questions like, is my mom a prostitute? <laughs> am, I, am I a homosexual? 
I mean, think about it. What job would ask you these questions? Like, what what job interview have you gone on? Um, and oh, by the way, you know, as Max Kellerman pointed that out, it's actually illegal for someone to ask you your sexual preference or um, what your dating situation is, right? Um, mm. That's an illegal question. You can't ask someone that by the letter of the law. So for those who are saying, oh, man, you're sensitive, blah, blah, blah. That, that, you, let's say I'm sensitive about it, right? It's still illegal. Doesn't make it legal. So, you know, I, I, it's just important, man, that um, these things be addressed for me personally, just because the, you know, the, the NFL is um, treating these 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 young men like animals, right? Like these are human beings, man. You can't ask me certain things. You can't ask me my mom was a prostitute. I mean, I remember when they talked about, you know, Des Bryant's situation a, a long time ago. And, and, and here's the deal. This is on the NFL Players Association, once again. They got to take some type of stance, man, because the NFL is just allowed to do what they want, when they want. And if I'm to be paying representation, which the players do um, pay into the NFLPA, I'm assuming, right? I need y'all to have my fucking back, bro. And I need to be protected when I come into this league. You could ask me about X's and O's. Don't ask me shit about my personal life unless it's a criminal activity that I was engaged in. And yeah, but right. asking me about my mom being a prostitute—that's grounds for hitting you in your fucking face. <laughs> and what I was going to say is this: what I would want to know is, not even want to know because it's a bullshit answer that they're going to give. I would want to hear the bullshit answer that they give as to why that's oh, relevant. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let me let me answer that question because I'm not going to name this brother. Um, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. He shows up on first take. He, he's a pompous prick. You dig? <laughs> to quote the big homie Rajah Bell, he's a pompous <laughs> prick. Um, I'm not going to say his name. He annoys the hell out of me. I, I rarely even ever listen to a full take of his because he annoys me that much. But his point was that they want to see if players get rattled and how they handle uh, you know, yeah, but themselves it, emotionally. And I'm like, so <laughs> so do you try to prepare them for a player trash talking to them? I'm, I'm confused. Like, I'm right. genuinely confused so, as to what the fuck you're preparing them so for. So what you're saying is that you're nervous that Kevin Garnett's gonna show up and tell somebody that their wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's what they're that's what they're preparing yeah, that's guys what you're for. Nervous. And, and, you know, it, it, it's a joke. Right. It's a poor excuse. That's cool. It's a poor excuse to insult someone. And when you say that that's a reason you're insulting my intelligence. Well, and, and exactly. And that's my point, because I want to hear like what these guys are going to say, why that particular question is. Oh, well, we just throw that in there. No, stop. It's kind of like oh, that Wonderlick test. Right. Listen, uh, it's exactly what that Wonderlick test. I is. look around and I say, OK, so. Okay, show me the person who does the best on the Wonderlick test. Just go, because I'm positive that you can go pick anybody in any walk of life and they can do great at that. Now, can that person throw a football? That's what I want to know now. I don't give a damn about what the hell he could do on that test. Another another legacy uh, racial element to the to the combine, right? Hey, this is to prove that you know the non uh, black quarterbacks are, or you know, or they're more intelligent because they'll try to give you the wonder lick on a white guy and then they'll try to sneak in the Jamarcus Russell wonder lick. You get me? 
And, you know, they'll diss and, you know, that's what it's about. You know what's funny, though, with those Wonderlick tests, right? You know let's what's just be honest. We know what it is. You know what's funny with those Wonderlick tests, right, is that we only hear the two extremes. And follow me. We only hear the black guy, right, black quarterback, who gets a poor Wonderlick score. They only compare him to the to a white guy who got a great Wonderlick score. Absolutely. Now That's we all point. know that there are way more qu- white quarterbacks that have that have played in the <laughs> NFL, right? But we right. never hear about any. So apparently, every white guy on the Wonder League does great. Apparently, that's what they're telling me. Apparently, that there's never been a white quarterback that's taken that test that's that hasn't done poorly. Apparently, right. everybody's aced it. Real easy, easy work. You feel them? <laughs> hey, it's easy work, man. And those black guys, hey, they're just stupid. You feel what I'm saying? It's just right because it's weird. And I've told you this before because I hate when this happens in society, right? When they say, when they give you a quote unquote stereotype of a minority or of a black person, and like they try to wrap that around a whole group, but they never give you the successes of a person from your group and like nope. give you that stereotype, right? No, <laughs> I don't get so, to be. I don't get to be Diddy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I got to be the no-name person who failed. Yeah, you know that's, that, and that becomes that's who our represents you. Stereotype. Yeah, your Absolutely. stereotype is that. You don't get the other stereotype. It's like, well, hold on. No. <laughs> what type of shit is that? You feel Right, me? it's two sides to this coin, right? Apparently not. Apparently not, man, because I know for a fact that there have been a bunch of guys um, who have done great on the Wonder Lick that couldn't play a lick, and I know it's a bunch of guys who did poor on that who were good players. And um, again... What's the wonder lick for? Now, if you're telling me if you're going to say if a guy makes a certain score on the wonder lick, then he's just not going to get in the NFL. OK, cool. That's your new criteria. But just to have it, just to say you have the information, well, that, that, that reeks of an agenda to me. And I'm out on it. Well, of course, it's just like, listen, um, I'm not going to go through it now, but I need people to really do the history of these IQ tests. I'm not talking about where the, the, the studies that people do where they say, well, the way it's written, it's written. No, no, no. I'm not talking about like the way it's written. I'm talking about do the history on the IQ test right? and what they were brought into existence for, what they were used as propaganda and tools for. And that pretty much gives you, uh, to me, an equivalent of something like a wonderlick test, because, again, Unless you're telling me that when a guy's blitzing you, he's going to like ask you some type of a question, right? Um, at that very moment, then I'm cool. And then guys start, start telling me stupid shit like, well, it actually helps us in develop uh, or in uh, demonstrating intelligence because, see, let me get on my shit real quick. Here's my hugest problem with the NFL, specifically with the quarterback position, but it, with the NFL as a whole. The NFL coaches and even sometimes players really try to make that shit way more complicated than it is, right? So they try to yep. say that the Wonder League test, that helps you determine intelligence because, hey, if I give you this playbook, you know, how can you remember it? How can you? Nigga, it ain't even that fucking deep, bro. Listen, we all know if anybody who's, who's played football beyond, like, the Pop Warner level, listen, it's only a few routes you can run as a, as a receiver, right? It's a route tree. Everybody knows it. If you go to a different team, they may call that route something different, but it's it's the same fucking route. You feel what I'm saying? Right. It's only so many things you can do on a football field. If you're a running back, it's only so many fucking holes on the lines you're gonna run through. Now, depending on what team you go to, they may call it a different team, a, a different hole. When you're in, in grade school, you got A gap, B gap. You know what I'm saying? They, depending on where you are, they're gonna call it something something different. You feel what I'm saying? Yep. But it's very fucking simple. Now the NFL, right, wants to give everybody these fucking 
playbooks back in the day. Now it's on tablets, but they wanted to give you these playbooks that look like encyclopedias. For yeah. what reason? I have no fucking clue. You dig what I'm saying? Um, and it's funny because these guys that they picked to run these so complicated plays a year previously were in fucking college getting their plays from fucking signs with the face of fucking Will Smith and fucking right. uh, uh, now, a TMT logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what the fuck are we talking about, bro? Right, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, I mean, look at Marcus Mariota. He ran that offense at Oregon. And, you know, they got signs of fucking, you know, Rihanna on the sideline. Right. <laughs> right. That's how deep so, football is. That yeah, the play call uh, is Rihanna plus fucking uh, Kevin Hart minus. Minus Bieber. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about, right. bro? A mockery. Yeah. the fuck is going on, man? You feel me? That's how. And, and I hate that when they do that shit. They make it seem like you just have to be this fucking like 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 it's a fucking war strategy that you got to remember. Like, stop, nigga. You know this, Cash. You played football at a very high level, even at the collegiate level. You played football, and you know this. It's only on, so man. many defenses you can run. You make all you do is you call it different stuff depending on who's putting it in and where you're playing at. You feel me? Hey, it's, listen. Essentially, it's. Five defensive schemes you can run for the secondary. One, two, three, four, five. Literally, that's the fucking name of the scheme. Man. <laughs> they make they make college get rocket something or some bullshit. It's cover one, <laughs> cover two, cover three, cover four, and then cover five is basically ultimate prevent defense. So it's all bullshit. They try to pretend that this shit is much deeper than what it is, which is why. Uh, a, a lot of analysts um, are, are really, uh, you know, watching this whole analytics uh, right. inspection, right? right? Because what the analytics thing is about, it, 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 it really is not about getting it right. What it's about is getting these quote-unquote dumb jocks out of here. And I think we all know who the dumb jocks are because if you look around and you see who all the analytics guys are, they look very similar to one another. There's not a lot of diversity when it comes to, you know, these analytics and who's giving you the analytics. You dig? So everybody knows what all this cold shit really is about, man. That's that, but that's, again, that's why they snuck the analytics shit in. And, you know, now instead of watching, you know, the game, they, they, they're trying to um, manipulate me into believing that, like, what you can do is, like, put these numbers together and, you know, the QBR and all this shit. Listen. If analytics, if analytics were real, Eli Manning wouldn't have beat Tom Brady and the Patriots twice in Super Bowls. You get me? Fuck out of here with that analytics shit. <laughs> Eli Manning, Eli Manning statistically, bro, is 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 a mediocre quarterback. But we both know that in the playoffs, he showed up more often times than not. Real talk. And in football, just like like we're speaking English right now, just like in language, right? You can understand what I'm trying to convey because what we've done over the course of however many years you think it, it's been, but what we've done <laughs> is we've basically um, came to an agreement as a society that these words mean these things, right? Now, we can all wake up tomorrow and like make up so make up a fucking word, right? Tomorrow yep. and just all agree that that means this. We can yeah, literally we do, do it. Every, we yeah. do it every day in the English language, That's especially in this country. That's we what I'm do saying. It every day. We yeah. all woke up. Uh, we woke up one day and they 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 put the word bling in the dictionary. 
with a definition, right. right? It wasn't in there before. They put it in there because we uh, we had already all agreed that we knew what bling meant. <laughs> you feel right. me? Right. We understood what we were talking about when we, we put that shit down. Yeah. And so in the NFL, what they do, and listen, the Patriots said, I ain't got time for that shit. What I'm going to do is just record your practices. But listen, what the NFL does is Bro, they've all. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to record these practices and keep it pushing. The NFL said, that like these other teams are so good, but we have to come up with is this like super coded language. I mean, think about it. Nowadays they don't have it because they have these tablets. But you remember, and other people out there remember, you used to see guys going to, um, to camp with these huge fucking playbooks, bro. Yep. And it was them I mean, them Shannon Sharp years. Even on the, I mean, I'm talking even on the high school level, college level of guys having these play. And I'm like, my god. I mean, I remember when I was in high school seeing my guys. Uh, that play football, get their playbooks, and I'm like, I used to just be laughing because I'm like, listen, man, I play basketball. We just run motion, dog. Come on, bro. We ain't got time for that shit. We just run motion, man. It's all bullshit, but, bro. Yeah, that's that's funny, man. That's funny. PCR, it's man. A, it's, a, it's a awesome pony show. That, that playbook shit, it's just a awesome pony yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Because here's why, here's why I know I'm right. Quarterbacks get traded in the NFL, and the next fucking week they're playing for a different team and like you know, <laughs> they're taking snaps. Like right there, I remember watching Sam Bradford get traded to the fucking Vikings from the Rams, and that brother started the next week. Game over. They didn't <laughs> run a. And don't give me they ran a similar offense. No, they did not run a similar offense. It's all bullshit, fam. So you know. And there it is. They man. know it. I know it. No, we all know it, and it's it's corny, man. It's corny as hell. But but what it does though is job security, because if they trick the general public into believing it is that complex, that's when people question them a lot less, right? Um, and then they're like, hey man, that guy clearly knows what he's talking about. Well, you yeah, and, and and it's funny because you brought job up this, security. you brought up the uh, you brought up the uh, analytics guys. I think personally, it's a civil war between the analytics guys and like the. I'm going to use a name to to categorize these guys. It's a it's a war between the analytics guys and the Bill Parcells guys of the world, right? Right. So right. the Bill Parcells guys, they're the ones who represent this thing to where like it's this super deep, hey, you guys don't get it cuz you don't understand the language and you know that yep. right? That's their approach. Then you get yep. the analytics guys who they're on the opposite side. They say, "Oh, well, it's really the only reason you're even doing that is because it, on on third downs on Tuesdays um going north uh, against AFC teams uh, yep. at, you know what I'm saying, during night games, he th- yep. he's 50%. Like, what the fuck are we talking about, bro? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It, and the thing is, it, 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 it doesn't have to be one or the other. As technology evolves, right, as we evolve, you can have both. You can have a healthy mix of both based on your situation. Every situation is not the same. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me take it from a basketball standpoint, right? I'm going to give you something where analytics helps and where analytics is fucking basically stupid. So analytics would help me if I'm coming into a game, especially like right now, March Madness is coming up, right? There are going to be some teams that some of these teams haven't seen even fucking play before, right? Kentucky, if they get in a game against TC uh, against TSU, Texas Southern University, they haven't seen a damn TSU game all season, right? No one has, right? right? right so right. they don't know what they do. So analytics would help you because somebody can come in and say, hey, well, this team, uh, they average shooting 
X amount of threes in the second half of games. Typically, they shoot more threes or or they shoot more threes in the first half of the game. So, hey, we want to guard the line because in the first half of games, they, they shoot, you know, 20 threes versus the second half. They tend to only shoot about five to seven. Right. What? So that may be something that, that can help me from an analytics standpoint. What analytics is fucking stupid at if somebody would tell me, hey, well, the analytics say that when LeBron James touches the ball uh, right. in the offensive possession, the chances of the Cleveland Cavaliers scoring go. No shit. <laughs> you feel what it's fucking LeBron James. What the fuck are we talking about, man? Right. That's you what need, I'm saying. You needed a formula to tell you it was a good idea to give LeBron James the basketball. All right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. That's why I get lost with the analytics shit. That's when I'm just like, all right, all right, man. You know what I'm saying? Because the analytics have the Rockets beating the Warriors. You no, get they, me? They really do, though. So, <laughs> they really no, do. So forget the history of Chris Paul and uh, right. you know, James, James Harden in the playoffs, as well as Mike D'Antoni. Forget all that. Analytics say Trevor Reza's going to best Clay Thompson. You get me? Um, so... You know what's funny? Because some, of the, some of the analytic stuff may say that like there's really not that much difference between a Clay Thompson and a Trevor Ariza. So what Absolutely. I would do, so what I would yeah. do is say, all right, cool, you take Trevor, I'm gonna take uh, Clay. Have a nice day, bro. <laughs> you know, since, since you want to say, hey, cool, go ahead and have him, man. I'm gonna take Clay Thompson. Take my chances. Right, you get me? I'm, I'm gonna take my chances with Clay. That's what analytics will get you. Get your ass out. <laughs> It gets your ass out. That's what it gets. Hey, you. but shout out to analytics, man. To to borrow a a new slogan, apparently to borrow a new slogan. Analytics, they, analytic, analytics, they may be out here helping to keep America great, man. You know what I'm saying? Keep America great, dog. Hey, some something need to keep America great. Keep America great, man. Um, shout out to uh to uh 45 out there in the office. Apparently, that's gonna be his new campaign slogan for 2020. Keep America great. So yeah, you know, my man. Uh, because he said he already, hey, hey, he already made it great. Forty five, huh? So now all we gotta do is keep it great. Hey, you know what's funny about the forty five? The only reason I even bring like- the reason I think that's even funny is because from a sports standpoint, forty five people always say that for Jordan. You know what M- I mean? MJ. So MJ. It's, it's hilarious. But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's 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 fitting, very fitting, <laughs> right? Because forty five, he quickly took he he quickly got out of that jersey because it was like, hey, that's it. let me go back to this real shit. <laughs> yeah, this shit flop. This shit flop. <laughs> that's what you know. That's part of the little tongue in cheek reason why I always say forty five because I get. The, I got a deeper meaning behind it, like you said. Well, that, hey, that's that 45 why Jim Rome, shit flopped. That's why Jim Rome called his ass 45. Yeah, because the 45 it, shit flopped. Cut this, yeah, cut this shit out, MJ. You getting your ass toe up, boy. Yeah. And it, that, and, nigga, yeah. that nigga went from the best shooting guard ever to like the, the, the 10th best shooting guard in the NBA with that 45 shit. And let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, we're going to talk about Jordan real quick. Why does it – or not doesn't. Why does Jordan get a pass – I don't know if it's a pass, but yeah, let me let me say it that way. Why does he get a pass for those warrior years? And here's what I'm saying, right? Because uh, I'm gonna defend Kobe. News news break, everybody, right? On People's Channel Radio, we're gonna get a defense of Kobe Bryant. Kobe Talk didn't about get, it. Kobe in his 19th and 20th year <laughs> didn't get any slack. People were really talking about like they should have made the playoffs. Right. People like, yo, you know, hey, hey, you should be getting the playoffs. Meanwhile, Jordan, for whatever reason, people make it seem like his career literally ended. And listen, for me, for real people who really watched Jordan and really saw him, we get it, right? That like the the, the last time we saw him at his quote unquote peak was game six against the Jazz. 
I think everybody would accept that. Right. But the story didn't end there. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? He kept playing. Yeah, he kept playing. And 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 the difference is, and what I would say is that, um, yeah, Kobe kept playing the entire time. But for whatever reason, we never moved the bar and said, okay, listen, this dude's almost 40 years old, bro. Of course he can't still carry a team the way he could, right? But right. Jordan, even though he went to the Wizards, people are like, well, hey, he still was averaging da-da-da-da. But, hey, I'm looking around like, hold on. Y'all wanted Kobe to, like, take that roster to the playoffs in year fucking 20 in the West. Fuck are we talking about? Right, So right. You, what would be your theory as to those, to why those Jordan Wizards years right. get, in my opinion, a bit of a pass? I mean, and I'm not saying he didn't play good because, look, I mean, he was, he, his numbers were still decent, right? It, it yep. was good numbers. Right. Um, but a bit of a pass, in my opinion. Again, man, let me give you a deeper perspective on this Jordan shit, right? And and, and listen, rightfully so, so Jordan's protected. Although I don't always agree with the protection, he's rightfully protected because what Jordan did was he ushered the entire NBA into a different era. They were leaving the era of the two teams dominating the NBA, right? The, the Magic versus the Celtics the Magic Johnsons versus the Larry Bird. What's next for the NBA? The NBA wasn't really established yet. I mean, people start liking basketball, but, you know, baseball was still king. Football was obviously still king. You get me? Right, right. Basketball was still, you know, uh, our new little brother in, in, in regards to sports. So the metaphor that I use for Jordan is, just as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about this. He's the little brother, of, you know, he's our, in, in regards to the sports family, the sports family, right, the baseball, the basketball, the football, he's the little brother, Michael Jordan is, and he's a little brother that actually became a doctor, right? He's a little brother that succeeded, and so they continue to covet him that way. Like, Jordan is the reason that the NBA, um, in all its glory, is where it is right now, because what he did was he made he made us realize the potential of what the NBA could be. And then it materialized into it basically reached that potential uh, to quote the great Michael Jordan. The ceiling was the roof. You get me? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. The ceiling was the roof, whatever that means. But the point is, is that what they got to, it's basically what LeBron is to this era, right? They, they got him from high school. They had him on the cover. He's the king, blah, 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 blah. And this brother has been to what? How many straight finals now? Seven? Yeah, some ridiculous number like that. So it's he's their baby. He's like, I told you. He's I told you so. You get me? And so he can do no wrong. I get it. And after he laid the foundation down to what the NBA can be, and we saw it materialize from the Dream Team and the Olympics, and he just had so many great feats, right? The point is, is that, Everybody moving forward to protect Michael Jordan's legacy is going to be overly scrutinized. Uh, you're going to be ridiculed and critiqued um, at a different level, right? Because Michael Jordan is untouchable. We got to touch somebody. Everybody can't be the little brother. The big brother probably is faster and stronger, right? But, hey, you, you still don't do it with the same type of finesse as little bro do it. Hey, little bro, watch this. You've seen it in families where – You'll watch your family, um, you know, go Google Gaga over a little kid doing little silly shit. And like the the bigger brothers in the back doing backflips. And they're like, hey, man, sit your ass down. 
You know what I'm saying? We try to watch little man take his first steps. So that's what it is, bro. I get it. Um, is it unfair in the words of T.O.? Yeah, it's absolutely unfair. But I, I, I get it. I, I, I do understand it. Yeah, and, 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 and listen, all respect to Jordan, because everything that you outlined was 100% correct. I just think that um, he, listen, it, it's my personal thing that sometimes we, this is just people, right? This, is, this isn't an MJ thing. This is just people. We romanticize things, absolutely. That, things that we revere. You know what I'm saying? And people mess with Jordan so much that no question. They romanticize Jordan. Now, what they forget what happened on that Wizards team is that Jordan had people thinking Rip Hamilton might not be able to play basketball. Yeah. Rip Hamilton had ended up had to end up going to Detroit and really getting his shit off again. Right. And get out of Jordan's shadow and Jordan was four, <laughs> right. four, Jordan was fifty nine years old. And he had to get he had to get out of his shadow. That's right. it. Yeah. People had, you know what I'm saying? Like, he he really set the, you know, him coming back. And listen, all respect Crazy. to him. You know what I'm saying? He, he he came back and he he was still able to to get his shit off, right? Yep. At the detriment of some younger players. <laughs> yeah. But he got his shit off. And so right. it's always weird looking back at those Wizards years because people just forget about him and they just never talk about him. And I get it because, you know, people want to remember Jordan game six versus uh, uh, the the jazz, but that you know, you know. Listen, I would like to remember Kobe in the championship versus the Celtics for the fifth one, and let that be the end of the story. But it's not right, you know. What I'm saying after that, there's an Achilles tear. There's you know, what I'm saying there's all kinds of shit after that. You feel me? So it's funny because um, that's what actually makes these players special. You know, the post Jordan greats because they had to deal with ten times the scrutiny, right? And they still were able to – what Kobe was able to do post-Shaquille O'Neal, especially after Shaq won a title, it's some unbelievable stuff. Um, and listen, he brought it on himself because he wanted that, that pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like Kobe Bryant really wanted to show people that I'm the guy. And I don't believe he was the guy in Shaq's prime, the first half of Shaq's prime, but he obviously became the guy and he got to prove that he was a guy. So it actually helps these guys out, I believe, in the long run. I just think for the short run, right, while uh, all the Michael Jordan writers, the suck-offs who, who Jordan helped eat, right? I mean, he, bro, he made those guys a living. So I get them protecting. It's their legacy too, really. You get me? Right. But I think in the long run, because you even hear a lot of it now. You hear a lot of kids really gravitating towards the LeBrons and the Kobe's of the world right? and less Michael Jordan talk, which should be like Michael Jordan this guy was a rookie in 85. You get me? Right. Most of these kids are born in the late nineties. And so they don't know shit about what Michael Jordan did or why he did it. Or they don't know who Ron Harper is. You can't talk to me about Michael Jordan and his success unless you know who Ron Harper is. Go look him up. You know what's funny, too, what you brought up the sports writers. Here's what's funny is that this is why social media is a great tool, right? Why the Internet was a beautiful invention, because think about it. If that was not a thing, social media, the Internet, if that was not a big thing, what you yeah. would, what you would essentially have, because you, you're 100 percent correct. All of the listen, people gotta understand a career in sports only lasts a few years. And I want to because I, I want to talk about that as well in a minute. I want to talk about Stevie franchise and, and, and the piece he recently he recently wrote. 
But an NBA oh, career, man. an NBA career can potentially not even be that long. It may be, you know, listen, if you get to ten years, that's a hell of a run of being a professional right. athlete. Meanwhile, you can be a writer at one of these papers for fucking forty years. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And what that means is your story and your voice lives longer than exactly. Does. And you that's keep, important. And you keep writing the narrative. You create the story. Absolutely. And, and you know, in 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 generations past, that's the way that people had to. That that's what people had to use to form their opinions was were were basically the agenda. Can you imagine if we lived in a world where basically, uh, you had somebody like like a Skip Bayless, um, who was just putting out his piece that that yeah. that's what you had to use, or somebody like a uh, uh, who's the who's the little the little the little the little fat coon over there at Fox Sports, um, Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock. Yeah, if yeah, somebody like that, like that's what you're having to go by is just like their right their. Kyle. Colin Cowherd, these right. guys. You know what like I'm if saying? If you had to only go by what their opinion was, if their opinion was the truth, essentially, right? That would be the narrative. The narrative, you brought, you brought us up about MJ. Michael Jordan did win. Uh, six he, went six, he went 6-0, and yeah. right? But he also lost, you know, nine titles, essentially. Because I don't think <laughs> right. he got to a, You get me? Yeah, he like, didn't get to the finals every year he was in the league, so he lost. Yeah, he, he lost I more think, than he won. I want to say Jordan didn't get to the finals until his ninth year in the NBA, right. which is fucking unbelievable based on the stories you hear about this guy. Ten years? Can you imagine a player now, LeBron James, being in the NBA for ten years? They act like this brother is a failure. The way they talk about him and what he's done. Oh, by the way, I think he made it to the finals in his like fourth year, um, which is unbelievable, by the way. He shouldn't have been there. Team made it, trash team. Um, but I digress. So the point is, is that that's what I actually admired about MJ was that he did struggle and ultimately overcome. And then once he got the team, you know, he just dominated, right? But the way the stories are written is as if MJ, everything he did was so incredible and like every right. move he made was couldn't be matched. It's like, no, that, that, that's not real. That's not the real <laughs> right. Michael Jordan story. There are stories of failure and ultimately triumph. That's the that should be what they should be uh, praising MJ for. Right. But if they did that. They'd also have to get Kobe and LeBron that same respect, and that's what they're trying well, to avoid. What they would have to do is, if they did that, they would have to make Michael Jordan human. And yeah, you, nope, can't do it. Yeah, you can't do that, right? Yeah, you they don't want them to be human. Yeah, yeah, you can't humanize them because when you humanize them, that takes the shine off. Because right now, like you said, the way they that's talk crazy. about them, the way they talk about Jordan. Listen, if if you're a kid and you were born in the late '90s, maybe early 2000s, you don't even think Jordan ever had a bad game. You're like, shit, nobody no, can real stop shit. that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody can See, stop Mike. Because Michael Jordan averaged 28 points his rookie year, which is unbelievable. When I see this stat, I'm almost like I, I'm in denial that he actually averaged 28. But if you watch the games, in which I've watched several of those games, I've made it my business to go and watch full games of Michael Jordan's rookie year to see how the fuck this guy's averaging 28. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, listen, Orlando Woolridge is the best player on that team that year, and he averaged 22 points. Far more efficient, better shooter, period. And he should have been at this point, that point. But the point is, is Orlando Woolridge was the best player on that team. Michael Jordan was the most excitable player, the most athletic, 
the one with the higher higher ceiling, yes. But at the time, the more polished player and a better guard was Orlando Woolridge. And I know I'm right because they shipped his ass out after that year. They were like, hold on. You still averaging 20. Yeah, they were like, hold on. You still averaging 22. And Jordan shooting the ball 40 times a goddamn game. We got to get you out of here. So, listen. Go do your own research because of what Roy Mack is saying is that someone else can write that narrative for exactly. you. And then and then you'll end up in a barbershop arguing at the top of your lungs about yeah. some shit that you really don't have the information. They on. just create parrots. You just become a parrot for whatever that argument is, man. Right. Which is a and cool world. Yeah, it's a cold world. But let me let, let me do this, man, because I want to because we damn the time is 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 been crazy right now. I want to oh, yeah. we 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 talk about Stevie Francis, man, a.k.a. the franchise. Hey, I'm, hey, I'm going to let you have this one, man. Do your thing, man. I, you know, Listen, that's let, me, young man. That's young man. let me say this, right? Um, For me, he's a top three most athletic. And we've talked about this before on People's Champ. People, And, and I got comments from people saying that we were crazy because on People's Champ, um, we said that he's top three most athletic guards of all time. And I put in there Derrick Rose and Westbrook. And, and and Francis um, yeah. as the three most athletic point guards in the hit. To me, it's not even close. I'm not even sure why people thought that's like a crazy thing to say because I would love to know who else they're they're, they're like going to put in that in that category. But I digress, right? Nah, um, seriously though. <laughs> you feel me? And and you know that's stupid. But anyway, um, if you didn't see or if you're not familiar with his work, Steve Francis. When I first saw Steve Francis, he's at the University of Maryland. I was like, okay, let me, check. I was like, let me check this dude out, right? I saw him on a fast break, put the ball on the floor, and put it behind his back and then dunk it for no reason, right? <laughs> he's on a random fast break, he's go behind the back and then dunk it, like falling like backwards. And listen, this is before all of this other new stuff with the people doing this kind of dunk. No one was doing that just to do it in a game, right, at that time, right? Steve Francis would come down. He was one of the first dudes in a game to really come down and do, like, the big jump high step to the crossover. You know what I'm saying? It was unbelievable. That's still one of the yeah. uh, dopest moves I've ever seen in my life. He, he, he was a point guard's point guard from the standpoint of he was going to go at your motherfucking head, right? Um, he, he, he wrote a piece in the Players' Tribune. It was parts I liked about and I enjoyed. It was some parts that I thought were cringeworthy. Um, it, listen, I, if that's his truth, who am I to tell another man that he can't tell his truth? That's his truth. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, one thing, so two takeaways I'll give. I'll give one thing that I thought that was kind of like, okay, and then another thing that, I, that, that was kind of eye-opening, right? So one thing that I thought that I was kind of like, eh, I wish he, he probably didn't really need to add that, was I thought there was a little bit, I don't know, maybe too much, but I thought the emphasis on the the drug selling, to me, it was kind of like, if that's your story, that's your story. But the way it got blown up in media was, hey, Steve Francis was selling crack just a year before he was drafted. He was a drug dealer. Right. And here's why that becomes important. People say, oh, well, that's just his story. Well, that becomes important because what you get is, you know, Go ask Jay-Z what you get. Is you get people that bring that up Boy. 20 years later and not even addressing Jay, but addressing his wife and telling his wife <laughs> that her husband was used to be a drug dealer. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Um, so things like that, when that's emphasized, that's your truth, that's your truth. But again, understand what comes along with that, right? Um, right. And, and again, I don't have a problem with him saying it. it, it 
it, it may have not even been the emphasis on him saying it. It probably was maybe more the way the media covered it because that was that became the headlines everywhere, right? And again, again, that's not necessarily his fault, but he did go through and and, and talk about that quite a bit in the piece. And the second part that right. was kind of eye opening to me, eye opening to me, was how short of a run he had of greatness. Um, he only played actually nine NBA seasons, and really he was only special for I would probably say four to five of those seasons. Um, super special for about three seasons. And then there was a fall off. It's just another long – This his tale goes in the line of other cautionary tales um, of all athletes. This is not just an NBA thing. This is of all athletes. Um, because the Steve Franchise story should not have ended the way it ended, in my opinion. I, I, I'm saying that based on ability. Because at the time he was coming into the league – He's coming in in that transitional period with the Allen Iversons, the Stephon Marberries. Those guys are coming in to take the league over from the John Stocktons, the Gary Paytons of the world. You feel what I'm saying? Kind of like is what's going on right now in the NFL when I talk about these quarterbacks. You got this old guard, the Peyton Manning's just left, Tom Brady, you know he's on his way out of the, out of the door. Uh, 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 what's my man name in New Orleans? He's getting ready to hang it up. You know Drew what I'm saying? Bree. Drew Brees. Yep. He's getting ready to hang it up. But you got these young guns that are saying the Cam Newtons of the world. These younger guys that's in here, that's the new bosses. And that's what it kind of was in like that early 2000s. You had these, you had, because when the moment Francis, Marbury, Iverson, when those guys showed up, those three in particular, you saw those three, and then you looked over at Gary Payton, John Stockton, and Tim Hardaway, and you were like, damn, it's a cold world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, because you this knew. Run, this, run, this run is ending. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah, knew. We're like, yo, you, you guys ain't fucking with this no more. It was a time where right. maybe you could, but y'all ain't fucking with that. Not right now. It was, it was literally a changing of the guard. Right. You feel what I'm saying? And it shouldn't have ended the way it ended. You know what I mean? It, it is what it is. Um... Now, I had the privilege of being and growing up in Houston at the time where he was there playing Man. for the Rockets. So my perspective is, is, is even a little bit different than what other, people, other people's perspective were of, yep. of Steve Francis. Because I was there and I actually seen him out and about how he was moving throughout the city. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I understand. I won't go into that. But I, but I understand kind of some of the things that were going on. You know what I'm saying? Behind the, behind the scenes. You feel me? Um. Ultimately, here's how good he was. People were talking about Tracy McGrady was just as good as Kobe Bryant. And basically, the trade was for Catino. I believe it was Catino, Mobley, and Francis for him, for uh, for T-Mac. Is that right? Was it Catino and, and Francis? I think it was Catino and Francis. Yeah, it was something like that. And basically, it was Francis for McGrady, right? Catino, Mobley, while he was a good player, wasn't on the level of Steve Francis. And no, he's a good complimentary player. Yeah, he's a great, great complimentary player. But when you're that good that a team is willing to part ways with Tracy F. and McGrady, <laughs> right, at that point right. in his career. Yep. Not T-Mac with the bad back. No, 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 no. We're talking about off the backboard Tracy McGrady, right? Yeah, MVP. Right. That's the Tracy McGrady we're talking about. And I was just, you know, it brought me back to a different time. And I was like, damn, you know what? <sighs> you know, he talked about in the piece how, like, he, he – it was almost as like he was saying like it was it was a it was a successful run because based on how he grew up and where he came from he shouldn't have even made it to the NBA period. Uh, you know listen, what I'm saying? That, 
But that ship sells once you, 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 you're in the lottery. There you go. That's my point. See, you you get what I'm saying, right? You 100% get it because it's a lot of people that would that, that were siding with him. Like, yeah, man, I get what he's saying because, you know, it's a lot of nah, people in our communities man. that grow up a certain way and for you just to make it. And that yeah, sounds it, good. But he actually bro, made it. He actually made it when he went to Maryland. That's like, what I'm that's saying. Ship, when you get to Maryland and, and people sales. start telling you you're going to be a lottery pick. Hey, bro, yeah. listen. You can cut the underdog shit out. <laughs> oh, You feel me? You kidding me? It's kind of like you growing up a certain way and a certain lifestyle, right? And then one day you hit, you literally hit the lottery. Hey, yeah. bro, you don't need to be talking about in in, 50, in, in five years. Hey, man. Yeah, bro, man, I should, you know, I know I don't got that money no more, but hey, man, a dude like me coming from where I come from. Right. Yeah, nah, no, no, no. <laughs> nah, like, nah, nah, bro. nah, nah, no, no. No, I can't. Listen, I can't once co-sign you, that. Once you graduate high school, that's when that 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 little side story goes out the window. Like, oh shit, you graduated high school? Yeah, man. A guy comes from where I come from. Cool. That story's written. Have a nice life. But after that, it's all on you. You don't get to now just be a fucking failure and then rest on the fact that hey, you succeeded at one point. I'm sorry. No. And I think a lot of people also piggybacking off of the fact that he said in the piece that he kind of, that basically the way he kind of made it seem that like he was a full-time drug dealer and just like only like a part-time ball player, which I don't know yeah. if I buy that, right? I, and listen, I don't want to get into too much detail, man, about Steve Francis, but it sounds like this whole, you know, moving weight talk he's doing <laughs> is to cover up a habit. You get me? Right. Steve, Steve Francis, like, you, you're no Frank Lucas. You get me? Like, your condition right now, the physical condition that Steve Francis is in is obvious. I'm not going to, you know, shit on the brother, man. Hopefully he gets well. I know Jay Prince yeah. um, has, you know, has had to uh, come now, to his defense. Yeah. You, you get me? And I'll, and and I'll say I, it for, for, the, for the people who haven't read the piece. He is adamant that it is not a uh, uh, a drug problem. He says that he was that he had an alcohol problem. That's what he said in the piece. So I just want to put that out there for the people who have not read the piece. Yeah, um, man, he says it's 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 an alcohol thing. You can make your own mind up, but that that right. is what Francis is saying. And MJ said the ceiling is the roof, but I digress. <laughs> so you know the point the point being, man, is that you know at the end of the day, um, he's an unfortunate story, and and, and the same kids who. You know, claim they saw Jordan play, never heard of Steve Francis. And if we mention him in the same breath of, of Russell Westbrook or Derrick Rose, they will look at us like we're a bunch of idiots. They when, have looked at us like we're a when, bunch of idiots. <laughs> when, right. When, if my memory serves me correct, he's the absolute first of the of that type of, of guard to succeed in the NBA at that level. Well, he brought out, he brought out the best in, in, in Vince Carter in the dunk contest. That kind of lets you know what you need to know about him. There you go. <laughs> you feel me? Because understand, if Vince Carter misses a dunk, Steve Francis wins, wins the dunk contest, and no one's going right. to argue about it. That's the thing. Right, right, right. Nobody right, would right. argue. <laughs> you feel me? They'd be like, man, like he... I've never seen a guy lose a dunk contest with these incredible dunks, but hey, Steve Francis is an absolute monster. <laughs> right. Nobody would have argued that Francis shouldn't have won with, with, with what he was doing. You feel what I'm saying? So right. shout out to Steve Francis, man. And um, yeah, like I man. said, he was definitely one of my influences at that uh, when he came into the league with this whole, just the way he played the game with that style. Um, it's unbelievable. at first, man. So shout out to Francis, man. It didn't end well for him. Uh, wish him all the best, uh, you know, as, as, as he goes through life. And, and again, to any young people out there who are still playing sports, understand that 
you really have a long life after sports. Because Man, Steve that's what Francis, I was point out as well. Yeah, because Francis played nine years in the NBA, so basically a decade in the NBA. And then he had to live life after that, and he's still having to live life after that. You know what I'm saying? So, listen, no hometown, dis- <laughs> no hometown discounts, <laughs> right? Right. Um, no taking one for the team. Don't let them promise you anything on the back end, right? Um, if you have the value, right, if you're worth it right now, get your money, man, because you never know when, it, when, when that ride's going to be over, man. That's just real talk. And, and, and the thing about that ride to all you young kids that are listening, because I know you think you're going to live forever and that you're going to be 18 or 16 forever, that shit ends before you know it. Before you know it, you're working a full-time job, right? Um, and no one gives a damn about your little cool sayings anymore. Like it, right now, you feel like everything you're saying and doing is at the forefront of civilization. Because that's how I felt when I was a young dude. I felt like all my little cool sayings and all the shit I was doing, uh, you know, everybody was watching me. You get me? Uh, but once that little run ends, man, you know, there's a long life. And, and it's a cautionary tale, Steve Francis, for any guy, any female who uh, achieves ultimate success at an extremely young age. Think about it. Kobe Bryant's retired. Man, this brother's 40. Dog right. in his 40s. So for the next 40 plus years, <laughs> he needs to figure to out yeah, a different <laughs> profession. Who has to do that? So um, or a even cautionary the, tale. Like man. you said, in the case of a Steve Francis, he came to the NBA, I think, at like 20 years old. Right. And in, and in nine years, he was done. So he wasn't even 30 so yet. 30. You know what I'm saying? And he was done playing basketball, fam. And what's crazy is he could have even been done on his own terms in 10 years, right? We've seen it. Right. He oh, could have yeah. been done. He oh, could have yeah. been doing great things. But realistically, man, having that much time isn't the, isn't the best. Well, I still think that the what the average like NBA career is only like four and a half years, something like that. I mean, see, what happens is from a perspective of what we see on TV, we, always, we, we see the superstars. So we see LeBron play for 17, 18, 19 years. We see Dwayne Wade for all these years we forget that hey man you haven't seen some of these other oh, what happened to old boy that was on the bench well that motherfucker's out of the <laughs> league <laughs> you know what i'm saying he's not in the league no real talk that that dude has a real job somewhere right it <laughs> may not me? be it may not be roy mackney cash type of job you may be making a lot more paper but he ain't hooping no more right right or he ain't hooping so yeah man <laughs> you feel me yeah yeah man yeah so um, and let me do this before I get out of here, man. Recently, I, uh, let me make sure I get this correct. I want to say it was LeBron, D. Wade, and Durant, who I want to say it is. And a side note before I get to the story, because I think it was Durant. Durant and LeBron are becoming extremely cool. That's just a side note for everybody. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just pointing that out. LeBron and they, 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 they did the little famous little ride together with uh, Kerry Champion. They work out together in the summertime, apparently now. So you know, and you know, anyway, um, right? You know that you know. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. The um, unfortunate. <laughs> of, hey, I can't wait to hear what Barkley has to say about this. Well, he, you know, but I, but I digress. Yeah, but um, they actually recently, um, basically put some paper together, man, for. Um, like older NBA players. Um, let me let, let me pull it up. Okay, so it, it was LeBron, Steph Curry, Dwayne Wade, and Kevin Durant. Um, they basically man put some paper out there for like medical, uh, for like older players, right? Uh, Spencer mm. Haywood 
um, came out and was talking about it. I like, yo, he thought they were going to just like, you know, put a little something small together. They put like a, uh, like millions and millions of dollars into a fund, all just like the four of them from what I, from what I know, um, mm. to like really help these older, older players out. Cause it's like, like I said, the average career might be four man. and a half, five years. And they yeah. put a lot of paper out there, man, for these dudes medical, because people don't realize, man, you go out there and you become like a dude, like a Kenny Skywalker, right? His name yep. is synonymous with the NBA. Nobody's seen Kenny Skywalker in 30 years. Right. So we don't know. We don't know you know, what he's doing, if medically he's cool, because, man, these sports take a toll on your body. You know what I'm saying? You sacrifice your knees, your back. You know what I mean? You sacrifice all that. And and what happens with insurance is you become insurable to a certain degree. Right. Because right. you have all these what they call pre-existing injuries. Um, so you're high risk. So, you know, but shout out to those cats, man, for really helping out. The generation. That's an incredible story, and, and you'll never hear it. So shout out to PCR, um, because everybody else wants to talk about you know the same shit every day, man. We're gonna give you different shit. We ain't gonna we ain't gonna regurgitate all the shit you hear throughout the week. Although some of you uh, fans that aren't in a no clamor for that bullshit, we're gonna give you real talk, and that's an incredible story. I hope that they uh, you know continue to expound upon these type of activities, man. Oh, yeah. uh, looking out for people within their own, you know, community of basketball. Um, because there's a harsh reality about being famous, too. I'm not whining for famous people because they got it far better than I have it. But the harsh reality is, <clears throat> excuse me, people don't give a fuck about you when you get a certain amount of money. You get me? Right. Like, people ain't trying to hear about your lows or your, your shortcomings like the Steve Francis story. People don't give a fuck about you when you make a certain amount of money because they deem you as hey man you got the money fix it you get me um so shout out to them for looking within and taking care of their people more importantly not asking for handouts when right. they actually have when they actually have the resources to make that change and so apparently i don't know the details right of like the the, the nuances but apparently and, and i'm reading this from 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 the publication i can't fine words because i would give them credit but it's saying that uh they are um giving um da, 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 da. they said that, that they're dropping over 15 million a year to get health insurance for the for those former players over 15 million a year man and that's their own money right from from yeah from everything i've seen they're dropping 15 million a year so shout out to them man you know and, very but, very but commendable it, man. but again you you know fox news won't pick that up so you know there you go man oh man <laughs> hey man, they, they they helping Trump make America great again. They ain't got time. No 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 no. no. That, hey that's that, hey that's last year, man. They keeping hey, look, America I, great now. I got one piece of advice for all those players who were involved in that, man. Shut up and dribble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey. Shut up and dribble. You know. Oh man, listen, PCR man, people shan't radio Roy Mag and Cash. We getting up out of here, man. Make sure y'all keep hitting us up on that YouTube channel. Hit us up in the podcast center of iTunes. Anything else, Cash, before we jump up out of here, man, for today? Hey, that's it, man. Sunday fun day out here, man. You know how we be doing it, man. Be safe. Uh, take an Uber or a Lyft or whatever the hell you out here doing. Just don't be driving, man, uh, out here drinking. Um, Texas, man, we here. Hey, and all of y'all college basketball fans i'm gonna deal with y'all next week i'm gonna let y'all get into the madness a little bit but i'm gonna deal with y'all next week i didn't forget i purposely held off <laughs> i purposely held off hey um, man we'll get we'll, we'll get a little more in depth into the draft and all that stuff next week um as well 
Oh, yeah. We're going to get into it, man. People Sham Radio, man. We out of here. Cash out. <laughs> Holla.